have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets. Where's the gold? This is the Gold News of a Podcast. Fergus Hodgson, your host. Thanks for tuning in. If you want more mining precious metals, economic freedom, please do hit that subscribe button. And today we have one of my very best friends on the show and also a repeat guest, I mean, because I've enjoyed his presence. He is Adam Dubovi or Dubov, based in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And he is the he's a longtime journalist and financial researcher. His own firm is IchimokoFibonacci.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at D-U-B-D-A-M, Dub Dam. Okay. We'll, we'll include all these links in the show notes, so please go to goldnewslive.com forward slash podcast if, if you want more details. Now, Adam, welcome, mate. There's been a lot of action, and, and I can share with us, with the, with the viewers, that we got to catch up in Buenos Aires just... I'm thinking a month and a half ago. Time flies. So, as as I was there in Argentina, this whole FTX scandal started to unravel. And as a man who is not entirely, but very heavily focused on cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, there are going to be some outcomes. So, do you want to touch upon why you think this scandal took place and why after more than a decade of cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin use, where you're still seeing these major collapses. Hi, Fergus. Happy to be here again. Uh, your question is actually interesting because it stems from a, confus- a confusion between what people think about what are Bitcoin main features, that is trustless money, is censorship resistant, and what is uh, what are the companies surrounding Bitcoin and the crypto environment and all these uh, altcoins. Uh, there are a lot of companies catering to people that want to get access by providing them different kinds of services, such as trading exchanges or custodians or loans and loans and interest payment services for crypto users. Uh, but behind these companies is the same, are, are the same incentives and the same, and, and it's the same people that run like traditional financial institutions. So there is people that's not difference what are, what is an immutable trustless protocol like Bitcoin. And the companies that cater services and that interact with different blockchains. So uh, uh, that's, I think, that's what what was one of the main confusions and what we have seen in the headlines saying cryptos now it's the same as financial uh, as the traditional financial system because look what it happens. But that's not crypto. That's not Bitcoin. Those are financial companies catering to a specific sector. Now. I agree with you entirely, Adam, that there is a distinction here between the actual cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, and I know you're a little bit of a maximalist, and then the companies that are participating in the space. And in the case of FTX, they had a value proposition. They wanted to offer all sorts of ways of holding and using cryptocurrencies, and maybe their company could have grown if they'd not been so imprudent or irresponsible with uh, client assets. So are, are you basically saying then that this failure is really just in line with many other failures in the financial sector? I mean, from Bernie Madoff and in, in all of the you know, various Ponzi schemes, and we shouldn't tie that to cryptocurrencies? 
Well, I'd say your assessment is, is right, but I'd rather say that in the, in the cryptocurrency space, uh, there is a lot of scams as well that they call themselves a cryptocurrency. And a lot of, uh, say this is like not very clear information about what's going on and what are the... Inefficient markets. They're, very they're, inefficient they're, markets. Yes, I would say fraudulent information more than <laughs> inefficient. Like it's a, it's, there's a, a lot of fraud going on in this, in this space, particularly a lot of cryptocurrencies. But I think they were basically a casino disguised as a trading exchange. They would provide everyone, anyone, any kind of instrument, and they would have this own token. Because remember, all the, the root of this problem was in, in the FTT token that the exchange issued as if they were their own, their own Federal Reserve issuing their own money and using that token, an illiquid token, with uh, a, a fictional value because it was all wash trading uh, as a collateral to get more money, to, uh, to get loans. So it was a, like a, a worthless collateral. So, you know, when, when all, the, all, all this started with, with the fall, a, fall, a falling price of the token, so I can, I can see a lot of like tradition, like a lot of, uh, you know, parallels between what, what happened in cases such like you mentioned, like Madoff or uh, even what happened in the, in, the, in the financial crisis in 2008 with what happened with FTX. Uh, Roy, that's, that's, that's my observation too. And I've, I did an interview with NTD Television when this first happened. I said, this is not exactly a new experience for humans, especially in the financial sector. This is these prior to cryptocurrencies we had, we saw these collapses. Now, just a little a bit of an update for people who are listening or just a clar- clarification. The crash to FTX took place in November over about 10 days. And then in December, late December, we saw the extradition of Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder and not exactly charismatic leader, in my opinion, to the United States from the Bahamas. And so now he, the, the whole situation with this firm is getting very ugly and messy and probably different members or participants are going to be testifying against each other. So I'm particularly curious about how people interpret this event and what the implications will be from a regulatory standpoint. So your concern is that people are basically seeing this as a cryptocurrency problem and especially a Bitcoin problem when really there's a a confusion there because you're you're a bit of a maximalist and a lot of these altcoins are, I tend to agree, just worthless. So what then will happen in the regulatory space are we seeing some kind of ramping up or just are politicians just too confused and really unable to hand, address cryptocurrencies anyway? Well, um, I think people will, will react like with a, with a lot of discouragement uh, towards, towards, towards Bitcoin, particularly, because they had this bad experience uh, with FTX, with crypto. But I think they should take that as a lesson. And I think all Bitcoiners learned the hard way uh, about Bitcoin features, such as like, whether you, you, you lost your, your keys and you lost your Bitcoin or you got hacked because you trust in someone who told you that he would get you rich quick or uh, you, bought, you bought any like a portfolio of altcoins or, or some kind of that stuff. And then you learned, you, you learned it that way. But regarding, of course, because a lot of people has been a victim of FTX and Sam Backman and a lot of people is uh, complaining and claiming for a solution for their problems, this will spark like a regulatory attempt, a, a attempt to re- or an attempt to regulate 
uh, the space and, and the industry, uh, as it happened with every single like uh, event that 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 shakes a little bit the, the foundations of anything. And the government will always take an advantage to to make these uh, uh, new regulations to have more control on it, always in the name of protecting the, the, the recent victims, whether it's 9/11 uh, victims, financial crisis, uh, 2008 financial crisis victim, whether it's uh, what, whatever crisis they they have victims to protect, they will use that as an excuse to promote uh, new regulations. That in the end they won't do anything to to protect the the final the final user. But it will create the false sense, the illusion of security and being protected by, by, by someone from fraud or for any kind of criminal activity. Yeah, one thing it definitely will do is create higher barriers to entry and higher costs for consumers or clients, users. Now, do you think, though, that the, the, the basic idea behind FTX, not its own, you know, let's say, in-house coin that was fake collateral, but the idea of all sorts of derivatives associated with cryptocurrencies will become, let's say, a more established operation in the future. Well, I think they they will they will eventually be. There is right now a bill in the in the U.S. Congress by the Republican Senator Cynthia Lummis and a Democrat Ron Wyden, and they ha they they have uh, presented a bill to uh, create or or to treat a kind of a group of assets as commodities, group of crypto assets as commodities, uh, following all the C CFTC uh, regulations and guidelines to protect them from being regulated in a worse way, such as being under the, the supervision of the SEC or creating, an, I don't know, a new uh, agency to oversee crypto assets that could well happen. But so, so there is going to be a lot of competition in the regulatory uh, aspect, and we'll have like more positive propositions, more anti-Bitcoin, anti-crypto prop bills. But in the end, you know, if you want to use Bitcoin, you don't need you don't need you, you don't need those, all these kind of regulation. You got to have the more most regulated asset in the world. Uh, if you hold your keys, uh, it's regulated by math and by by code. So I think it's um, much better alternative than relying on what Congress would say. Yeah, well, right now, as you say, it really isn't clear what the exact nature of cryptocurrency regulation will be, both in the United States and abroad. It's a, it's a moving entity. And one particular or curly, awkward piece of the puzzle is that the Sand Bank and Freed, this FTX company, they very swiftly tried to engage in what appears to be regulatory capture. Do you want to clarify how much of an impact will these insane donations from this man and this company have on shaping the regulation with many politicians having egg on their face? Are they going to be reluctant to get involved or more inclined? Yes, that's a whole other aspect of this story that is the political aspect. And um... Before moving to the, his political donations, I, I like to remember that all these FTX problems started when Binance CEO's ZZ, he was complaining that uh, uh, the CEO of another broker, another exchange, being FTX, this exchange, was lobbying in DC to put Binance out of uh, the US market. So that was what really angered ZZ about FTX. 
So then he tweeted about that, that he, he saw something that, that he didn't like in the FTX books. And because of the lessons he learned with the Terra Luna uh, f- fallout last um, May, he, he's starting to sell FTT. So there was a political a political quarrel be, be, behind all these things that, that started on in November. And yes, Sam, Sam was the, the, the third, I think the third largest donor or second largest donor, political donor, in the mid mid cycle uh, election, in the in the legislative elections in the U.S., he, he donated. I don't know how many how many billions of dollars. Or, I think it was over thirty million dollars or something insane. Yeah, I, I but I, even more, I think between fifty million fifty million dollars maybe. And then he said that he also donated to the Democratic Party, but those donations were dark, which can't be proved, but it's possible. Because I mean, these kind of people they 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 donate they 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 do all this kind of uh, political show in order to uh, get a friendly regulators and to be to have a, some kind of advantage against their competitors, like building a walled a walled garden with the walls made made to the measure of people like Sam Bachman. But I think that's like that's the nature of politics and why it would have been different in this industry than in any other industry, as we were talking before. I mean, healthcare has its own lobbyists, like financial finance has its own lobbyists, constructors, they have their own lobbyists. Crypto changes will have their own lobbyists. The Gold Newsletter is proudly sponsored by Inventa Capital Corporation, a venture capital advisory firm dedicated to the acquisition and development of assets in the natural resource sector. Today, Inventa is one of the premier mining groups with a first-rate portfolio of companies and a world-class team. Yeah, exactly. It's not as if it, it, regulatory capture is hardly a new phenomenon. I mean, it's, it's as old as there are governments and industries. And in this case, though, maybe because cryptocurrencies are new and very exciting, dramatic, that it, it added a media flavor to it. And also, I find this just still hard to process how many supposedly intelligent, investors or major pensions like the Toronto or there was the the I'm sorry the 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 Ontario Pen- Teachers Union invested in this these major pensions dropped cash into the FTX boondoggle and I think to myself why did so many people and this is where tr- thinking that you're going to you're going to have just accredited investors of course all these investors were accredited that's going to fix the problem uh, that just, this, this, this example is a, is a great counterexample to that notion that accreditation is, is the, is the solution. So why do you think so many supposedly sophisticated or professional investors got in on this problem? Hmm, that's a good question because we've seen like very big names like, you know, Kevin O'Leary, Tom Brady, even, uh, <laughs> Larry I don't. Know, I don't know whether Tom Brady is a good example. He's a footballer, but yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But I know this guy should have been like uh, advised by. It's probably being advised by someone about his business deals and both. You would think so. You would think he, he would he would have the resources to get some good advice. Yeah, top advisors in the in the US, but uh, but but I think that's I don't know human nature. That's human nature and how. When w- w- there is a, a a bubble going on, and you see there is the kind of too good to be true kind of things, but at the, at the moment people like champion it and they say, "Oh, this is the, the the latest big thing, big thing. I don't want to be left behind. I want to be on board of this." 
uh, and then in re in, re in retrospective, it was easy to 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 see it because now we know it. But when you have someone that is that moves also in that kind of environment, I say going to New York Times meetings and conferences and uh, going to fancy cocktails and they make the networks and connections there and they make their businesses and they, they close business deals uh, with privilege, probably with privileged information or meeting government officials in these kind of, of meetings uh, uh, or, or intellectuals that would put over a, a certain line in the, in the newspapers. They would fall uh, for these kind of, of scams. See Bernie Madoff. He was a president of he was a president of Nasdaq and and and, and he like scammed mil, like billions of dollars to to a lot of wealthy organizations, wealthy people that you should have thought, hey, it's paying like I don't know what was like nine ten percent a year. I don't know what, what was what was he promising. You would say, hey man, if he's promising you a fixed a fixed return, like there's like a, an immediate yellow light that or a red light is red light, yeah. And it's funny too because I remember the the Madoff scandal, which was about twenty years ago now. I'm trying to remember exactly when. And one of my finance professors back in New Zealand was even an investor with with Madoff. And I was thinking, so even this guy with a PhD in finance has been sucked into this. It's really incredible. Now you made an, an interesting point about the Binance connection or uh, ingredient in the downfall of FTX. I'm not so familiar with that part of the story. Do you want to clarify what Binance does? And I've heard that they're also on the ropes. Do you want to, do you want to address their own challenges? Yeah, so I have been following the Binance, uh, the Binance case particularly. But after the FTX, after FTX fell, there was a lot of doubts over exchanges if they were holding the assets of their customers. So um, Binance being the, the largest one, with with with, a, with with billions of dollars in, in their in their in their accounts, well, but from their customers, they they started like uh, the publishing uh, what is called a proof of um, a proof of reserves, which is should be a do a document that proves that Binance has this kind of of the, the, the money that that they say they have, so the liabilities and the assets are equal. So. Binance published this, which was a very sketchy document because it didn't have any. It was like a document signed by a by a a not a notary or or a lawyer, and that that was all. So they started raising raising doubts about Binance uh, solvency and Binance liquidity. Uh, at, for for the time being, uh, there, there there hasn't been a run or anything on Binance. Uh, or, or or yes, I'd say there's been a run. A lot of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency were withdrawn from withdrawn from Binance. But and so far they have uh, met all their obligations. So uh, although there is there there were doubts, Binance at at the moment seems seems fine. But you you never know in this industry. And tomorrow we can we can get a news that there was like a a, a twenty million a twenty billion dollar hole in Binance accounts, and that would be totally plausible and possible. So Binance has withstood the initial run, so it had sufficient reserves at least to handle that. And whether it has 100% reserve seems unlikely, but, uh, you know, unless you actually really are in, inside the company, it's hard to know. So a lot of, let's say, prominent people got sucked in by this. And your, yeah, your basic conclusion is don't rely on exchanges cold, have cold storage of your Bitcoin. 
Yeah, I think cold storage, having your own device, this and uh, which is not connected to the internet, that's the best way to hold your Bitcoin. And not having to trust with all of these guys. They are the same, these guys, Sam Bagman, CZ, and all these CEOs of exchanges, they could well be the CEO of a traditional finance company. They, they are not a traditional finance company CEO just because they, they, that's not their job right now. But it could have been like their next job or it could have been their previous job. Yeah. So finance, how are they different from the likes of Coinbase, which is a, a, a simple, let's say, exchange, but doesn't engage in lending as far as I know? I'm, I'm not sure about what Coinbase services, or if Coinbase includes lending or not. I, they probably do something like that. They have like they have expanded into a lot of uh, okay into, into levels of niches within the, the crypto industry. Coinbase it could have it could well have the same problem. The advantage for our Coinbase customers is that they are a, a public company, so they have another kind of regulation. But I don't think that even because they are a public company, uh, when you can have a hundred percent certainty that no one can take your asset, such as is the case of Bitcoin, why would you use a third party, a third, a third party to hold your Bitcoin, which is not yours according to the Bitcoin network, and it's probably not yours legally because it says that all the funds are like they don't have any privilege in the in the case of a of a bankrupt a bankruptcy process. So I'd say Coinbase has some another kind of of overseeing of oversight by regulatory authorities, but that does not prevent uh, a crisis like this from happening. It does not prevent it. But as you said, it, it, yeah, you're, it's correct that Coinbase, of all these firms, has a lot of scrutiny. Coinbase is the, is the big player here in the United States, and they are publicly listed. You can You can buy a portion of them, but they have taken a big whack over the last year and have been laying off many, many people. So even the big dog in the market, which has, let's say, a lot of regulatory, um, it's, it's crossed a lot of regulatory barriers to get its, achieve its position, is struggling. Now, I still remember, I guess it was about a year ago now, when there was the, the broader cryptocurrency or altcoin collapse, and many, many people were getting involved in speculation with altcoins, and that just came to nothing, basically, or there were, a lot of people got got hurt, got embarrassed there. Do you think this the the 2022 experience with the the old coin collapse and with FTX collapse is going to change how people perceive alternative currencies? And will they look more to? I mean, if there, I know there are attempts at this, but some sort of cryptocurrency or digital currency items, tokens, that are actually backed by something? Well, uh, I, I say that there is always new public to sell these kind of things. There is new people getting into the sector. And I think every, I mean, my, myself, I went through this kind of process of see, thinking that this token was going to be the next Bitcoin because it's faster, or this is the token for dentists or for uh plumbers or there is a token that would allow you to do smart contracts depending on the weather and this kind of promises uh but in the end you understand the value proposition of bitcoin if you can if you stop five minutes and think about it maybe it takes a bit more than five minutes but you have to be interested in 
understanding what's the real value behind Bitcoin rather than being flashed, flashed by all these colorful tokens with a very friendly community saying, GM fam, how are you? Like in Twitter every single morning. And this is attractive for, this always attracts people. People will, will, will still be attracted. But I think that in 2022, we have seen a lot of new Bitcoiners emerge after all, what all this happened. People that finally have, have, have had their aha moment um, realizing that Bitcoin is different and all, all, the, all, all of that uh, other coins. Well, I'm still trying to process what the outcome will be from these two major occurrences in 2022. And it doesn't appear that digital currencies backed by physical commodities are seeing some kind of renaissance or some kind of growth because the cost of storage is problematic. And then also transportation, right? So this is this is where I guess we'll still we'll see. Now one area that you focus on or address if you're willing to speak about it publicly is how people can transport their wealth across borders and and maybe avoid capital controls or capital uh, taxes on capital movements is this the the sort of the leading use case for cryptocurrencies now um i think that's one of the main use cases i would agree with you people like we, we saw people fleeing from ukraine last year when the war began with uh, a cargo wallet in their in their pockets while there was people uh, trying to get into the banks and the ATMs that were closed for that week, so they couldn't get their money out. Uh, I've seen a lot of friends moving from Argentina, immigrating from here, looking for a better future, maybe in Europe, in the States, uh, with their all their life savings uh, in 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 their pocket using a hard wallet. They didn't. They don't even use uh, Bitcoin. Maybe some sometimes they will use uh, a stable coin, like you said, a, a physically uh, backed. Uh, token like uh, a US dollar stablecoin, so they don't get any volatility in their in the trip. Uh, that that's one of the main use cases I've seen. There is also a lot of uh, people transacting and sending uh, sending Bitcoin to, and this this time particularly Bitcoin of its because of its censorship resistant uh, feature to activists in Africa, uh, organizations in Afghanistan, for example, that teach women to code. Uh, which is illegal in in Afghanistan, so they will get they will get uh, yeah. paid with Bitcoin sent from abroad to 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 pay these Afghan Afghani women. So there and there there is a lot of cases like these that are being used to you know skirt all the barriers that that exclude people from transacting voluntarily between each other. Voluntarily, yeah, and. Is the battle still on between central bank digital currencies and cryptocurrencies? I mean, I, I see that as one of the driving forces behind governments trying to impede the growth of alternative currencies that they just don't want to, they don't want to lose their monopoly. How is this, this conflict or showdown shape, shaping up? Oh, yes. They, they, there is a lot of going on with, with the CBDCs. Not particularly in the, in the United States, but abroad. Um, there is a lot of, in China, but also in Canada, in some African countries, there is already a CBDC working. 
But I wouldn't frame it as an enemy of the cryptocurrencies, but as an enemy of human liberty in general. Uh, yeah. And all the other problems that we'll uh, have, uh, we will have with CBDC, such as having a lot of more, a lot of less financial privacy, having maybe con uh, programmable money that could, I don't know, you could spend, uh, you could have a quota of buying meat because of the CO2 emissions of cows. So you, you can't buy more than two kilos per month of meat uh, because, because you use CBDC, you can get tracked but like this. And I see Bitcoin as a as a, like, as a, a life saving raft in a ship that, that or an emergency exit that will allow you to to exit this this CBDC system, which eventually will be the because money will go digital. Like I think that's not debatable, whether it's CBDCs, whether it it's seems Bitcoin, like, it seems like an unstoppable trend. Yes, that's unstoppable. I think we we had we used metals in the Iron Age. Then we, we moved to, uh, or in the, when we discover agriculture, we use cows as money. So now we have a digital area. We we are going to use digital money eventually in the next fifty, hundred, two hundred years. I don't know, maybe less, maybe more. But 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 that's a trend. That's a clear trend, and that's uh, undeniable. So the the the, the election is between using money for slaves. Issued by the government, controlled by the government, tracked by the government, or money for free people, and that's what I would say is Bitcoin, because the other, all the other kind of money will be related to the slave money, not the, the money for free people. Yeah, it is. I mean, slave or peasant people who are subject to a totalitarian uh, control mechanism, because as you say, the the big challenge with central bank digital digital currencies or CBDCs. Is that they have they give incredible surveillance and control capacities, and central banks would expand their mandates tremendously. My hope, and and maybe maybe this is this is happening. I'm not sure, but the central banks will die by a thousand cuts. That there'll be just different uses of trend for transactions in in all different ways, right? So we we're, we're sort of unraveling the different ways people trade with each other. And that's a wonderful thing. There can be a diversity of options. So in many ways, we're entering a new era, which is which I hope is not dependent on the US dollar or any national currency, but rather has a plethora of different options to fit to your case. But and do you want to give us an update on the lightning network or alternative ways to make transactions that are quicker or get around the challenges associated with uh, Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. Let, let me add a final comment to what what you said before, which which is like uh, um, it's 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 right because we're going to see first uh, CBDCs, what is called a wholesale CBDC, which we we use between banks and between central banks to settle payments. So not all CBDC projects are geared towards like final use final use for people for for regular people. Some of them will be targeted towards use, use by banks. But I think that will be like uh, experimentation. Uh, but in the end, we are going to end up using CBDC. Fortunately, we, we have uh, networks such as the Lightning Network, <laughs> like uh, that is a, like a layer two of the Bitcoin network that allows you, as, as I think we discussed this last time I was here, it was a faster and less costlier way to make Bitcoin transactions. But is it actually uh, working? Is this actually happening? It's been working for the last, uh, Four years now, 
there is a lot of developments going on the Lightning Network, a lot of uh, um, companies that are developing uh, products to use uh, to have a, to, to use it easier because I have to admit that it's not very easy to use if you want to set up your own Lightning channels and a lot of technical jargon that comes with it. It's not the most user-friendly thing right now. But I think that we've, we've been seeing how it has evolved over the years. And now we have a lot of uh, different applications of Lightning Network, such as using it in payment gateways, using it with casinos if you want to, using it for micropayments, for donations, for uh, for a lot of, of different kind of use cases that money has. And, uh, and a lot of applications have been developed. So there is nothing, I, I can't remember none of, of anything uh, special. There's been like the lining addresses where you can receive money uh, just providing a, an email address like address to a third person and, and they can send you Bitcoin there uh, through the Lightning Network. Uh, but yes, I think that's going to be one of the main, uh, 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 that's one of the main competitors of, of CBDCs. So if you, if you can see Bitcoin or the Bitcoin Network uh, and the blockchain as the settlement layer of, of the Bitcoin Network, and Lightning Network is a payments layer, so it's like you send. It's like the Fedwire system and the the the, the Swift system and and how uh, and how all these systems interact in layers in the traditional finance system. Well, all 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 these kind of networks develop the same way in layers. Layer yeah. Layer. So it, I mean, this is this is my conclusion to some degree that we're going to look back at this FTX scandal as really just a bump in the road regarding the broader movement or transition of uh, currencies. So folks, if you want to learn more from Adam, he does lots of his own research and has his own newsletter. Go to ichimokufibonacci.com. That's I-C-H-I-M-O-K-U-F-I-B-O-N-A-C-C-I.com. We'll also have those that at the show notes. And simpler on Twitter is just at dubdam, D-U-B-D-A-M. Gosh, Adam, mate, it's great to see you. Great to catch up. You know, it's, it's an exciting time we live in. I look forward to next time, okay, mate? Great to be here, Ferg. Thanks for, for the invitation. Mm-hmm.